The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. It's Jaylin and Andrew. Things getting a little chillier out there than we've experienced over the past couple of weeks. Still no real snow in the forecast as we head well, towards Christmas Day. Maybe a few flakes here and there. Some flurries possible, I guess, on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, but not... Probably not going to stick no. around. We'll see because temperatures rising as well. I think a lot of people would like to see a white Christmas. Yeah, and I and I'm wondering if that's part of why some folks are having troubles, maybe getting into the spirit a little bit. Maybe, I, I you know, speaking of getting into the spirit, I I did this on purpose as soon as I saw this tweet. But I saw a tweet from the Vancouver airport as saying that a number of flights were delayed. And check mm-hmm. with your uh, airline because of snowfall, which of course they always yeah. panic in Vancouver yep. when they get snowfall. So now. Naturally, I had to start searching for pictures of what this uh, horrific snowstorm. Snowfall in Vancouver. I think we in Edmonton would refer to that as a dusting of snow. <laughs> I think, I think we we wouldn't even really report it. How about parts of southern Alberta, though, up to mm-hmm. what forty centimeters in the forecast over the next 24, 48 hours? I know it's crazy. I take that right now. Do you? You know? Uh, never mind. Except I do have to work on getting my uh, the driveway sanded or put some of that buckshot. Someone told me to put buckshot on it. I have small pieces of gravel or something. I had the most. Uh, the weather made me think of it. I had the most disturbing conversation with my mother in Ottawa. My ninety-four year old mother. Yeah, she's. I think ninety-four. She's been ninety-three for a few years, so she's got to be ninety-four yeah. by now. Well, I'm not sure how it works. Once you get, she's certainly not twenty-nine. She's not claiming to be I think twenty-nine. You stop anymore. asking after about ninety and just say, "Hey, sure, hey way to go! You woke up." She was quite uh, lucid. Is that the right word? Today It was a great conversation. Oh, okay. Uh, she could hear me, and she didn't uh, push any buttons unexpectedly. <laughs> but it was nevertheless uh, disturbing, and and I guess you know why we, was it disturbing? Well, because. This might open up a huge thing that I probably should have just told you about before as so as to prepare you for it. No, so Well, yeah, yeah, that's probably, yeah. I'll soft sell it a little bit. So, you know, you talk to your mom when she's 94 or 5, and you're going to talk about the weather and how are the kids, yeah. and uh, you still have doing that radio thing, you know, it's going to be a sort of a general checkup mm-hmm. sort of situation. And then at some point, you're going to kind of run out of things to talk about and and you know of course i do the opposite i i say well how are you and and what are you doing for christmas and um you know she tells me because at that age and having lived through a world war there's no discretion left whatsoever i mean there's no she's not embarrassed by anything so she'll tell me about all the worker that came over today and helped her shower and and go into graphic detail about that which is fine like that's her life and that's what she wants to share with me you asked about it that's right so when we got to the end of uh housekeeping as i like to call it um and you know you're sort of looking for that let's just be honest you're looking for that a way out a way out of the conversation (laughs) just kind of like okay mama listen i gotta go the house is on fire whatever you know i just severed my juggler vein i need whatever the you know so i start to wrap it up and i'm like okay so uh it's great uh, hearing your voice i'll phone you on christmas and she throws this statement out oh no hey she goes you're in uh talk radio i went yeah she goes 
What do you think about all this garbage that's going on? And I thought, oh, no, here we go. Mid-sentence, I'm like, oh, let's not talk politics again. She goes, what do you think about this garbage that's out there about sexual harassment? And I went, uh, what do you mean garbage? And she said, oh, you know, all these women accusing men of things, right? And I said, well, well, mom, it's good that they're stepping mm-hmm. up. It's, it, that's a good thing, right? And she goes, oh, do you really think that? And, and I, you don't want to argue with your mom at 90. You're not going to change minds at 94 or 95. And I don't talk to her often enough that I would. So I just said, well, mom, why do you, why do you call it garbage? She goes, well, you know what? Uh, growing up and, and in my adult life, men often patted me on the rear and would always apologize. Uh, she goes, but that's not a sexual act. That's a, that's a friendly act. And, and I was, and, you know, I'm Carol, I've got her on speakerphone. Carol and I are just looking at each other. And really, I'm in that one glance, I'm asking for guidance as to how to handle this conversation. And I just said, well, here's the thing, mom. Woman owns her body. It's her right to determine who and what comes into contact. I mean, I don't want to get into all the, you know, but it's a good thing, mom. It's a good thing. Uh, Times are changing. And uh, she was like, well, in my day, we welcomed that kind of affection. And I'm like, okay. But, you know, as I say, times are changing. So listen, so Doug and Jim are going to come over and see you on Christmas, right? (laughs) And, uh, but she goes, well, I just think it's, I wish they'd all shut up or something like that. And I just thought, oh my God. But, you know, the thing was, when I got off the phone, I get it. She's 94, right? She was raised in a different time and, you know, whatever. So I got off the phone and then Carol and I kind of debated should I have tried to change your mind? Does it serve any purpose to try and change your 94-year-old mother's mind on anything like that? Or, But, you know, and then I got to thinking, well, that's the woman who raised me, right? So sometimes when you think that, and I don't mean you, but anybody thinks that my kids or listeners or whoever think that some of my thoughts are antiquated or that I need to be dragged a little into this century, I realize how far I've moved. Like, I realize, you know... Yeah, but you're also married to a, a very strong, forward-thinking woman. You were raised. Uh, you have two daughters who very much, very you know, the same. Yes. Well, not opinionated, but strong in their yes, beliefs. Absolutely, and um, are in the 21st century. So, yeah, and I mean, my mom probably doesn't get out a lot, and her world is that apartment, basically, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess there's no question there. It was just sort of sometimes you think the world has moved, and then you talk to somebody and realize that I, I'd it be hasn't. More, I'd be more concerned if you were having that conversation with a a, a forty year old woman mm-hmm. or a forty year old man or, or whatever. And yeah, there are there, there's hills that you're you're gonna you're gonna pick and choose and what you're gonna you know battle on. And and at ninety four, ninety five years of age, is that one right. uh, to a mom who you don't speak with very often or even see very often? I haven't seen her in years. You know, so is 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 it is it is it worth it? I, I'm not I'm not so sure. So the thought crossed my mind. and it's I'm, I'm going to say probably not. Right. The thought randomly crossed my mind, though. And again, perhaps I'm not perhaps I'm taking this too far. But I thought, OK, so I get it. Like she's from a different era. Um, she was raised differently herself. She, you know, but then I thought, but you know what? She gets a vote same as me. Like she mm-hmm. voted in the last yep. election. And so you kind of think, oh, so 
an individual with those kind of views has an equal say. Well, there, that's that's Canada, though, and the, right. she's not the only one out there that For has sure. those kind of views. There's all sorts of people out there that have differing views, mm-hmm. certainly than than me and you, that we don't agree with. But yeah, everyone gets the vote. That's the great thing about living in Canada. For sure. I mean, that's the great thing about a democracy. That's right. right? But at, at a certain point in your life, if you're never going to change your mind and you're not going to allow the country to evolve into anything different, I don't know. I like I say, I, the country it just is, surprised. But the me. country is evolving, and and the communities are evolving. And the way that we um, think and talk about certain issues like this one, like sex harassment and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm is changing and that's a good thing so while you're talking to your mom and you might think well it hasn't changed it's never going to change for her you have to look at where we are right now sure. and realize that it is it is actually changing you you can't drag some people kicking and screaming because some people would be kicking and mm-hmm. screaming and some people you're just going to say no that's at 95 years of age that's yeah you know and, and angela lansbury made some comments uh the other day you know maybe similar to what your really? to your to your mom said again like she's almost 90 if, she, yeah. if she's not 90 she she came under some big fire for that for that as well but yeah there's there are some folks out there that will always chalk certain things up whether it's sex harassment or mm-hmm. sex assault whatever it is to oh that was just the time just the way it but is but here's yeah. the thing i mean you look at the civil rights movement i mean times have changed we we don't own slaves anymore mm-hmm. um we we don't um say you you can't drink from that fountain or you have to be at the back of the bus and there are still people out there who believe that that's the way it should be right yeah. but when you look at it i i think it's fair to say that the majority of human beings in in north america have have moved along with with change and and the change that was needed. I guess that's a fair statement. It's sort of a perspective check because if you were to talk to that, those women in my life that you just referred to, my mm-hmm. wife and my two daughters, all very smart, opinionated, strong women, they would suggest, I'm sure, uh, and I dare not put words in their mouth, that I have a long way to go. They they would suggest that a lot of my views and attitudes are not where they need to be. And, but then you talk to my mother, and, you, and I'm like, oh, my God, right? So now I don't even know where I am. I'm somewhere trapped in the middle. But here's the thing. I think one of the things, too, and I found this with older older folks and I, I, I with my parents my parents are now in in their 70s not my mom well, yeah even my mom sometimes but my dad you know every once in a while will say something that I'm just like what you know what dad yeah and then we we get into it we get into it and either we let it go either either we 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 debate it we let it go or I decide whether or not I'm going to even try yeah I find that as folks are getting older and personally my folks are getting older there's less of a of a filter and they'll just say whatever the hell they want yeah true um because they don't care and so i don't know if that's uh that's you know right or wrong either mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like and I, I thought too that you know my mom doesn't know what the internet is mm-hmm. so she probably doesn't have her finger on the pulse of uh, popular opinion either. Like she doesn't, she isn't seeing what opinions her family or friends have. The only uh, interaction she gets is my brothers and their spouses, mm-hmm. the healthcare worker that comes over to see her, and her television. Right. So, yeah, it's just it was just odd. Like I say, it's it's not something. 
I, I'm going to lose sleep over. It's obviously still on my mind right now because I just made the call about an hour and a half ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's sort of like, it's not as bad as, but it's sort of like that day you discover your friends are racist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, they just say something and you go, oh. Yeah. Okay. Did not see that, see that coming at all. And I'm surprised because my mother raised five very opinionated, strong children. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that she's sort of stuck at that. But you know what? I I know you. I, I suspect one of the things is right now is you're you're questioning it. You're you're questioning yourself because of what your mom said. But yes. I will go back to what I said before: is that you know the two the two children that I know that I've met of yours are both very you know forward thinking, um, open. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all of those things. So I, I don't think that you need to question whether or not those ideals have, you know, made Influence, their way down there and yeah. come all the way down. Because, yeah. you know, a, a lot of the kids these days, and I've seen it with, you know, my boys very much, very much so, they're, they'll take a stand. And they're, and they're not afraid to take a stand anymore. Whereas I think at one point, a lot of us were maybe afraid to take a stand on, um, you know, gay rights or right. whatever, you know, whatever, right. whatever it was. Because like, oh, I don't know if I want to be associated, that sort of stuff. But... You get to the point and you go, no, it's this is what I believe in, and and I believe in equality for everybody, um, you know. On this, you know, if we're talking about this issue, and yeah, you say okay, and, and you find your voice and you start using it, and that's a cool thing, and and that's what a lot of these women and men have done, mm-hmm. especially over the past over the past year. Um, and mom at ninety four years of age again might just be in a different world for sure and there's nothing the matter well nothing the matter with that there's nothing as you said i don't think that you can change it too much i but i but i do believe old dogs can learn new tricks (laughs) you just have to decide whether or not you're willing to do the training i'll think about it it's 222 on the 6:30 Chad afternoon news, and I can see by the text line a lot of you need to be dragged into the 20th century, 21st century. Uh, I was not expecting that. As as well. So um, again, to each their own. And some battles mm-hmm. you fight, some that you don't. Someone texted in though, and we did talk about this the other day, and I know it was a topic on the Jesperson show this morning. They said to more co- contentious issues, eggnog. Yeah, no, I heard uh, I heard that conversation. I was waiting for the premier to drop by the studio. So, I think as was uh, the crew this morning. So they got onto eggnog. You've uh, made your stance on eggnog. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. My mother, by the way, makes a great eggnog. She made she homemade eggnog. No, yeah. it's disgusting. Ranks right up there with chewed up banana. And she would tell you that oh. store bought eggnog is disgusting. She well, actually, she would tell you that anything store bought is disgusting. Mm-hmm. She still makes everything from scratch, and soup mix things like that just have still baffled her through the decades. She makes her own soup from scratch. Well, yeah, a lot of people do. It's it's better that way. Sure. She does everything from scratch. But her thing now is, and I'm sure has been for as long as I can remember, so probably still doing it, as I say, I haven't seen her in years, um, is her, she's cooking for one. So she, she makes these big meals and puts them in these time capsules and leaves them in the freezer and mm-hmm. um, she cuts everything up. So a block of cheese gets cut up immediately. Um, anything. Like We're talking just, eggnog. Yay or nay? Yay! Ugh. <laughs> oh, I know where you stand on it. I, I know. 
Uh, and somebody had texted or phoned the show this morning, I think, with uh, uh, Jesperson and said that if you've ever seen it made, you'd never drink it. That's true of anything, really. Go into the back, go into the kitchen of almost any restaurant. You might not want to eat there again. Eggnog light. You know, you can get the light eggnog, but like, why would you do that? This is not, you know, you cut it with something. <laughs> the only thing about eggnog that I have to be cautious about at my Is age, drinking too much? Is drinking too much of it because it's quite fattening. Yeah. And, and it has an almost immediate effect on your system. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do enjoy it, and I'm the only one. So I'm in your family, you're the only one. I am. Yeah, and I'm the only one in uh, in my family that doesn't like it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's just. I can remember once. It was a Christmas day, more early morning after a late Christmas Eve, and got up in the middle of the night and went, and I had some heartburn going on, as you do come Christmas time. Way, you know, the reflux way mm-hmm. up in your throat. And so I grabbed what I thought was milk out of the fridge to try and tamp it down a little bit, and it wasn't. It was, it was eggnog. Sorry, it was eggnog. Wow, that's quite a. And um, oh yeah, the the sink was. Oh yeah, just geez. down and came right back up. Eggnog's uh, like a meal substitute. I mean, it's I mean, not... could be it could be like Guinness beer. It is that thick. I think not as nutritious. Yeah. But it has, is as thick and well, uh, not as foamy. Listen, I've been pandering to you on this eggnog topic for quite some time, so I'm going to stop pandering because I've been suggesting that, well, try a little rum in it or whatever. But to be honest with you, I think alcohol ruins eggnog. I think the only thing you really need to put with eggnog is nutmeg. Add just a little sprinkle of nutmeg on the top, and it's good to go. I'm going to remember that the next time you come over at Christmas. Well, the thing is, like, I'll take free <laughs> I have alcohol. To share the rum. Right. But th- if I want rum, it's sort of like... you. Know, Okay, if I want rum, I you know what I'm going to do? Pour it over ice and add Coke. Yeah. There's no reason to take a drink that I already love. Somebody, somebody texted in this morning and said the only way that they could drink eggnog was with Bailey's. Yeah, that's a fatsicle well, on Bailey's, top of a fatsicle. Bailey's makes everything great. No, right? see, ba- 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 but that's a waste of Bailey's. Honestly, I mean, if there was a hint of rum in it, that's fine. Just a hint, just a kiss. Like as you touch your lips to the glass, you hear oh. the sailor go, but that's it. Like, <laughs> sailor I don't never does that, though. <laughs> <laughs> he causes you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With strangers. Um, but no, I like, and I love the creamy feel of it, and, and I love everything about eggnog. Has to be ice cold as well. Don't drink warm eggnog. That's oh, that'd be like drinking warm milk, but I'm not a terrific. big milk fan either. I don't drink milk very often either. Well, there you go. See, I um, love dairy. And I used to love it until I did the bodybuilding stuff and I wasn't allowed to do it and I never got back onto it and I seem mm. to have a reaction now to it. But milk makes me thirsty. <laughs> the greatest advantage... Milk makes me thirsty. Ice cream makes me thirsty. Gotcha. The uh, greatest advantage... So it's dairy. Uh, the greatest advantage of eggnog, uh, specifically with regard to my house, is that it's the one carton <laughs> in the fridge that I won't pick up and find there's only an ounce <laughs> left. <I'm> empty. <laughs> or that it's empty altogether and nobody's bothered to tell anybody. It uh, always has exactly what I left in it. The kid came over on uh, on Friday night. So after he, he moved out the end of September and he went to see his dad's play on Friday night. Then they went for uh, dinner afterwards, came back to the house, had a sleepover. It was awesome. It was awesome to have him back in the house. Nice. Pajama party at the night. Yeah, nice. pajama yeah. party. And he was adamant that Christmas Eve this year he's going to make he's going to make eggnog again but the first time he made eggnog you had to chew it well because it was listen if he doesn't know what he's doing let's not no 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 he's doing something wrong there just go buy it I know
Just go buy it and pour it into a blender and blend it if you want to feel as though you had something to do with it. Or add rum if you want to make a bit of a mix. Like I say, it's not necessary. But yeah, the eggnog they sell in stores is great. It's fine. It, it, you're, I don't it, know why you'd bother making it. I'm going to make moose milk this year, though. Moose milk. Okay. I don't know what that is. Google it. I feel like that's the kind of thing I shouldn't Google. No, it's okay. It's okay to Google. Mook, moose moose milk. milk. Okay. Moose milk. All right. Google the moose milk. It includes ice cream and Kahlua and spirits and a pinch of nutmeg. You'd love it. <laughs> sure I would. And they tend to serve it New Year's levies and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. And just consider yourself warned if you're ever offered a glass. Or cinnamon, you can add, by the way. I yes. said nutmeg. Several uh-huh. of our listeners suggested said cinnamon, cinnamon with the You need a little bit of spice to it, for sure. <sighs> 229. Brenton Dreger taking care of news business today. He's coming up next. Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, uh, Jalen Nye, on the, uh, turn your uh, mic on there. Andrew. On the lighter side of things, uh, great win last night, of course, for the Oilers. <laughs> but this uh, beard petting thing of Maroons. That was hilarious. I'm like, did that just happen? I'm looking at it like I I, I was, I what? looked at it like a monkey looking at a glass banana. I, I th- not sure what I'm looking at here. <laughs> Made so me cute. laugh. The uh, gifts started appearing on Twitter almost yep. immediately yep. of it. But of course you wonder, don't you? Um, so what did they have to say about it? Like what? Why did he do it? I wanted what to know what he, what what uh, Patty was. I was. I wanted to know what Patty was saying to him when it happened, <laughs> and then kind of afterwards, like what 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 was that okay to do? Well, according to the Edmonton Sun uh, this morning, here was the exchange. Uh, Maroon asked about it. Said it was one of those things where it was just in my face, so I decided <laughs> to pull his beard. Uh, I thought he was going to be mad at first, but he certainly wasn't. He said, "Hey." Do you like my beard? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty nice beard. And then Burns was asked if that was his recollection of the exchange, uh, to which he agreed. He said it wasn't really a tug. He, he just sort of kind of petted it. It was just a funny... It's one of the reasons, uh, and you know... I know hockey fans uh, come in all sizes and shapes and times, and so I don't want to upset any hockey fans oh. here with a dumb, you know. In my mind, it's one of the reasons you can never trade Maroon. It, skill aside, how he fits into the puzzle. And his dog has a uh, has a great Instagram account. <laughs> exactly. Instabernie is a great Instagram account. He's just such a character. You want to see some of the Oilers dancing with a cute little French bulldog? <laughs> Follow Instabernie on Instagram. I, I love that account. Yeah. Oh, there's there's Cassian and uh, whoever just hanging out there with the dog. At the end of the day, uh, very important business, the NHL, but it is a game, right? Hey, and, they won. And they won, and they're having fun, and that's part of what I've always liked about Cassian, Maroon, uh, Lucic. <laughs> uh, they seem to be having fun a lot of the times when and they're was playing. Like, was it, Did he get ice in the beard? Did, did something... <laughs> no, he just... It was right in his it face, and he decided to give it a, give it a pet. It's a scraggly beard. I mean, I I would be curious as well. If for whatever reason I found myself on the floor with my arms around Burns and his beard, one of the most famous beards. Yeah, and I mean, even uh, it smells. 
Even the San Jose Sharks Twitter account tweeted out, uh, <laughs> you know, man, everybody loves Burns' beard. <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those moments that you know is going to be on a highlight reel. Oh, it's going to be on a highlight reel for yeah. uh, for the next little while. But, yeah, thanks for the laugh, uh, Patty Maroon. Thanks for the win last night, uh, mm-hmm. Oilers. They play again Thursday, taking on the Blues. City Fort Faceoff show underway at 5.30. Puck drop at uh, 7. And then on Saturday, it's an afternoon game. Well, late afternoon. Here 5 in, o'clock starts, yeah. yeah. That's an Edmonton uh, game against Montreal. nice to see them win at home. Yeah, they're, they're only their sixth win yeah. of the season at home, right? So I believe they're 6-10 and ten now. Um, the next... Uh, that was a, a good test. The next one will be a tougher game. The Blues are having a great season. Yeah. And uh, so that should be... And they dismantled us last time. So it should be... But you know what? This team's playing so good right now that I just... Somebody find wood. Knock on it. Well, yeah, I just... They're playing well. We're getting good goal. Gonna lock that bandwagon door. Keep everybody inside. I know. Hey, I've never jumped off. I know. You know. I know. I, I I've sat through that decade of darkness with everybody else. Oh. There's less seating now on the bandwagon <laughs> for sure. But remember that ten years of. Oh, I I'll never forget it. It's like ten years of my life I can't get back. Honestly. Yeah, I had that once. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking of your first marriage. <laughs> Six years, sorry. <laughs> um, we were talking eggnog, and a lot of you texting in saying that you like uh, the rum in it, or maybe you like the Baileys in it, or maybe you like a little bit of the bourbon in it. wanted to know what you thought about uh, this, because I suspected that some of you are very much on the same page as this, this British mom. When you start talking about um, alcohol and introducing alcohol to your children and trying to teach your children children responsible responsible alcohol consumption um it, it can be tricky i mean there's there's some at home that don't drink at all and uh the kids would never be introduced to it until you know maybe high school or whatever there are some families who yep yeah, the you know the folks drink and so yeah as when the kids start asking hey can i have a can i have a taste of that can i have a sip of that you let them have it um this mom uh, in England, uh, she was on some show recently. She's got four kids. She says she believes early alcohol consumption helps foster a responsible drinking mindset and environment for her children. Her kids are seven, 14, 16, and 18. And they say, uh, she says they're growing up in an alcohol conscious environment, saying you wouldn't get into a car without learning how to drive and what she is doing for her children by giving them small amounts on special occasions. Mm -hmm. They're learning how their bodies react to alcohol with food, therefore in a better position when they go out with their friends to know what they're capable of drinking. So a couple of things here. First of all, when you express express an opinion in a public forum about parenting, you're going to get criticized. Of course you are. It really doesn't matter what the opinion is because everybody parents differently. And those who take parenting very seriously believe that their way is the only way. So you can imagine the kind of pushback that she got Mm -hmm for this and in some ways she was giving her opinion from the middle of a, a landmine uh, a minefield because she has a family history her mother died of alcoholism yeah. so you could argue and she would I'm sure that she's trying to teach her kids to drink responsibly so they don't suffer the same fate but on the other hand she's also said well this is how my mom raised me right so i can see where there's room for people to go wait a second so your mm-hmm. alcoholic mom raised you this way and she died of and there alcoholism. would be some folks that would say that alcoholism and genetics and that sort of exactly stuff, right? right exactly great point and add to that the fact um 
the research doesn't back up her position. In fact, the opposite is true. Research uh, has shown that those who start drinking early are more likely to do badly at school, have behavior issues, and develop alcohol problems when they reach adulthood. Um, Medical officials in England say uh, they recommend children should not consume alcohol until at earliest the age of 15. But here's the thing, having said all of that, because I just want to get all the cards on the table for this conversation. My parents gave me alcohol at probably eight yeah, we were given little bits of like creme de menthe, yeah, uh, or, just, wine, or sparkling small... like what was it, the, you know, bubbly duck or sparkling mm-hmm. duck or whatever that Spamonte Bambino stuff was, just sparkling cheap yep. wine at Christmas time. That's right, that sort of thing. Back um, before liquor laws were as, uh, as strict as they are now, when we would go to a restaurant, which was rare, but when we would go to a restaurant as a family, my dad would tell the waiters to pour the children a glass as well. And back in the day, they would and. As as liquor laws change, yeah. uh, what they would do, my dad would say, well, just just leave four empty glasses on the table and I'll pour it myself. And then eventually, of course, restaurants weren't allowed to do it. But I would say the upside of it is, and I'm not a researcher uh, or a scientist or anything else, but the upside of it was there was no mystery to alcohol for us. It wasn't like we were waiting for that opportunity for our parents' backs to be mm-hmm. turned so we could try alcohol. We had already tried alcohol. So there was simply no mystery to it. Yeah, exactly. But did it re- did it reduce or did it stop you or does it stop any teenager from going out and having too many shots of tequila one night with friends or um, maybe too many beers or whatever it is and having that moment? It, I, I'm not sure it does. I think what I, it- I, I'm not sure it does. It may with some kids, mm. but I would suspect for the most part um, that doesn't necessarily curb um, those first few times of binge binge drinking. drinking. Right. Uh, I don't know what the answer to that is because, as I say, the mystery of alcohol was removed. So it wasn't like we were waiting for that Mm -hmm. opportunity. But I and my brothers and my sister all had that night um, like every human, I think, who's tried alcohol has had, where you don't realize what your capacity is. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we had tried wine. We had tried... I mean, my dad one time was having a beer, and I asked him if I could have a sip, and he said, sure. And I took a sip and didn't drink beer for another three years yeah. because I just hated the taste of it, right? So in that way, it kind of worked in pushing off the first day. But like every other person on the planet... Uh, I had a couple of those nights where you went out with your friends and you smuggled the bottle and you drank it in the parking lot of, or of the rec center or whatever, and then you puked for the next two hours mm-hmm. and you said, I'll never drink again, right? So I'm not sure that, I guess what I'm saying is introducing the children in my family to alcohol, I'm not sure really changed the, I mean, our that's destiny what I'm saying. at all, it, it, right? did, Yeah, did it, did it impact anything? Um, it didn't cause us to drink more, I don't think. It didn't cause us to drink less. It had very little effect, except that we did see when you, when you, it's a juxtaposition, when you put the comparison of having a sip of wine with your parents at dinner, uh, and then that day out in the parking lot throwing up yep. with your friends, you kind of go, okay, so there's 
there's a method to this. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, you can have fun or have an enjoyable drink, or you can have too much, and this is, so you sort of figure out for yourself where, where that the line is. is, right? Yeah, I, re- I remember being in high school, and the girls that I hung out with, there was a group of five of us, and they, they all were, you know, wanting the fake ID and, and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, and I never really ha- had that much interest, you know, and I'm like, you know, 15, 16, but I was a year younger than everyone, too. Mm. Um, but I can remember being out at Jolie's parents, out in Hayden, out in Sault Ste. Marie, and, you know, we got some beer or whatever it was, and it was like, ooh, I didn't really like beer. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a push for me to wanting to go get drunk. In college, college, things changed. Yeah. Things changed, and I don't know if it was because I was completely on my own at that time. Well, you're Away start, from the house. You want to be an adult when you get to college. And you're trying to do right. things different. Hey, listen, it's 246 Brad. Hold the line. We're going to take a break here. I want to get to your phone call after that. Chedville, how do you deal with this? How have you dealt with this with your kids? Are you introducing alcohol a little by little, or is it no alcohol policy? Curious to know. 4960063 or 6306030. By drinking, I mean introducing your children to alcohol. Are you a, a family that maybe started when the children were young with some sparkling wine or, um, you know, if the kids ask, hey, Dad, can I take a sip of your beer? You allowed them to or not at all. Lots of texts coming in at mm-hmm. 630, 630. Want to get to Brad's phone call. Hey, Brad. Hello. Hey. How Good. How are you? I'm not doing too shabby. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What do you What do you think about parenting and drinking? Oh, geez. You know, I was raised by a couple of parents there that didn't drink much. My mom made wine, and she drank it a little bit. My dad, I don't think I ever saw him take a drink. Huh. Um, so, you know, when I got to be a young teen, I was uh, out there wanting to get into it. So I think I turned my mother into an alcoholic by confiscating all of the alcohol I was trying to sneak into the house. <laughs> yeah, it's a waste if it doesn't get drunk. That was it. Yep, you got to use it, right? <laughs> so when, uh, when my wife and I were raising our children, we kind of went with a different approach, and we didn't start them you know, at seven years old or anything like that, but when they had an interest in it, um, you know, we'd give them a, a little bit of, no, not a full glass or whatever, but a little bit of, of wine or, or something uh, every now and then, special occasion yeah. kind of thing. And uh, now my children are, oh, geez, what are they, 25, 23, and uh, 20-ish. Mm. Um, well, the youngest, uh, he doesn't drink at all. He just finds alcohol kind of revolting. Uh, the other two, one works in a liquor store, a high-end liquor store, and she, you know, very rarely drinks. Huh. Uh, and my uh, my middle daughter there, she uh, very, you know, she, she drinks the most of all three of them, but she's not excessive either. So, huh. Huh. Um, well, they turned out all right. So, so you think you did the right thing with, you know, introducing it to them in a little bit, um, supervised when they were younger? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if it's the, the, you know, proper way or the right way. It's just the way we did it. It was the right way for your family. Well, and also we don't know that that was the only factor, right? Great parenting, good example. And and over over the years, too, my my use of alcohol has decreased to the point now where I I don't drink hardly at all. Uh, And it's been that way for several years after, you know, getting into the, the bar industry and seeing, you know, what alcohol does to people and how asinine they can get. 
um, that just took the uh, novelty, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Brad, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and your family. You too, Andrew and Jay Lynn. You guys have a good Christmas. Thank, Thank you. you. Take it easy now. Frank's on hold. Hey, Frank. Hello there, Andrew. And, uh, oh, I just had a brain. Jalen, it's okay. Jalen, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I'm here at the Royal Wildlife Hospital, so my nurse might come in to help me here for interrupting. But, um, yeah, my, my experience with alcohol, uh, we always made wine every year, so we always had good wine around the dinner table. And, uh, so we, that that mom and dad always gave us a little shot, introduced to it, it to us slowly. So it was no big deal, you know what I mean? Yeah. When guests came over, we always had our alcohol. And so it was there, but it was never abusive. One of my biggest lessons was my neighbor. I called him Uncle P. He wasn't my real uncle, but he was. He just had a big heart. It almost brings tears to my soul just thinking about him. Mm. But, but he was an alcoholic, unfortunately. Uh, but he was not one of these violent alcoholics at all. I would go and visit Aunt Mary and Uncle Peter's, I would call them, even though they weren't my real aunt and uncle, they were just excellent neighbors, and they had lots of love in their hearts. But Uncle Pete, he drank himself to death, unfortunately, but he, he would, he, it wouldn't even be like he was drunk, you know what I mean? So he, he was my lesson to alcohol, to see what alcohol abuse would do mm-hmm. to a person. So in high school, you know, I went out and had my drunk but I really never uh, was like a lot of other uh, a few of the other uh, kids around that would get uh, totally drunk and then they would pass out and then they would go wasn't that a great night last night <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm going uh, it was a great night you were passed out you remember all of it now do you yeah. Yeah. so but yeah so it was good that uh, growing up in a family where we made our wine from you know when we were kids we're going way back to Italy and that so alcohol was just always there and and I, like i said my neighbor uncle pete was a big lesson because he was a, a complete alcoholic and i watched him unfortunately die because of it mm. but but the, the the thing is he wasn't one of what you'd call a slobbering drunk he yeah. just used to drink it but he, he didn't get up and you know go wild or anything he just sat there and just had his bottle beside him and, but he was never violence or anything like that. Frank, like thanks that. so much for the phone call. I hope you get out of that hospital soon. Uh, uh, yeah, I had my surgery and I should be out within, uh, hopefully within the next little while here. Well, right. Is this Frank that's the waiting for my CDs? Yes, that's the Frank. So <laughs> okay, it's been two years, Frank. Sooner or later, we got to get you those CDs. <laughs> How long has it been? It's about two years now, Frank. Oh, my God. I will get them. Okay, you let me know. You e- email me when you get out of the hospital, okay? I will. Yeah, yeah have a great Christmas. Okay, you too. Take care now. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.